welcome to a new episode of Policy Implications Podcast, where policy meets research. I'm your host, Olga Zadorozhna from Kuzminsky University, where I teach and do research in empirical economics. My guest today is Bogna Gabronska-Novak, who is a professor and an economist at the Institute of Urban and Regional Development in Poland and an expert on international finance and trade. Currently, Bogna works as a principal investigator in a project called a new model of urbanization in Poland, financed by the National Center of Research and Development. Today, we will be talking about her upcoming book, which is a part of that project, and is called Defining the Boundaries of Urban Areas, Socioeconomic Gains and Losses of Urbanization Processes in Poland, that she has been an editor of and has written several chapters in. So welcome, Bogna, and let's get started. Before we move on, with the discussion of your new book, tell us about your research expertise and why did you become interested in the topic of urbanization? Hello, Olga. Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure to to talk to you and have an opportunity to discuss a little bit uh, our uh, research outcomes. Well, as you mentioned, um, uh, my, my focus area is international economics, uh, but as you may know, well, uh, the very recent tendencies of urban growth are so amazing, and I think that they have an influence on all of us. I mean, like by uh, 2050, 68% of the world population is projected to live in, in urban areas. Well, that's quite a lot. This, this data come from uh, United Nations. Well, they 55% of people live in urban areas. So, um, I mean, it's, it's really hard to be neutral. And, uh, and I think that, you know, as, uh, as a social scientist, because I always been uh, very much interested in uh, treating what I'm doing in a bit more interdisciplinary perspective. So um, being a social scientist, I, I can say, as probably again, quite majority of us, that lots of things are happening in the cities, bad things and good things. Um, and well, if, if we're talking about this fascinating, according to, to my opinion, tendencies, by 2030, the world is projected to have 43 mega cities. Well, with, with really um, um, more than 10 million inhabitants in each of these mega cities. So imagine, and well, most of course of these things are going to happen in uh, developing regions. Um, well, which again tells us something about probably um, a new uh, geography of, of new special tendencies of the global economy. So, um, well, this very simply uh, defined tendencies, I think that they provide us with very complex issues. I mean that this population, this growing population, they will behave as sometimes homo economicus, sometimes not really, right? They produce lots of things, uh, not only material effects. Uh, it causes uh, very interesting uh, social problems, issues uh, that are supposed to be analyzed. So. Well, maybe I, I'm, I'm uh, now trying to answer your question in a bit too long way, but uh, putting all things together, 
this is exactly why I became so much interested in those things. Simply, I, I don't believe that you can uh, ignore uh, cities. It's existence, it's dynamics, it's, it's development. So this is how it happened. And um, referring to uh, um, my current research, the project that you mentioned, well, um, I must say that I was invited as an expert, uh, but uh, not purely economist only, but rather because of my inclination to do things in a bit interdisciplinary way. Because, well, uh, geographers, uh, Institute of Regional and uh, Urban Development that actually I, I work for, finally, um, invited me to uh, design some kind of methodological approach uh, towards uh, analyzing uh, urban's pro, city's pro, well, suburbanization in uh, other words, and city shrinking depopulation in, in Poland. I think that uh, it was really good uh, that um, they decided, well, being very much dominated, uh, the, the, the team previously by, by geographers, that they decided to add uh, some new perspective, more social and economic uh, aspects. So, well, uh, I, I, I treated this a little bit as a challenge and I join in. Excellent. So that's my story. Yeah, that's very interesting, actually, uh, especially uh, those uh, facts and statistics that you mentioned about uh, growing cities and uh, their size and number increasing. So what about your book project? So what are the main highlights? What are the main uh, things that you research about in your book? Um, well, there are a couple uh, interesting things to be mentioned here. Well, that book is uh, a kind of, well, it's, it's a result of uh, our research. Well, uh, I should probably say first uh, what I mean by our, or what would I mean by we, yeah? Because, well, yes, I, I designed a quite a basic, uh, I would say, idea of the, the methodological approach towards analyzing uh, how city sprawls, how city actually um, uh, goes beyond its uh, administrative boundaries in Poland, but well, I, I needed quite a number of people uh, that would join in and would uh, actually give me a hand in, in tackling with this and in, in facing this challenge. So, uh, um, well, we have on board sociologist uh, Krzysztof Gubański from University of Warsaw. Uh, we have political scientists, Jan Grzymski again from University of Warsaw. Uh, we have um, a very dynamic team of uh, economists uh, coming from Lazarski University, Dr. Anita Zarzycka, Dr. Piotr Najechalski. Um, and well, um, I have as well uh, a pleasure uh, to uh, collaborate for this book with a former um, Deputy Minister of Finance, Dr. Jarek Neneman, who joined us with his very special expertise in public finance and financial aspects of the processes. And, uh, well, certainly, well, we needed uh, some 
excellent quantitative uh, methodologies, econometricians, statisticians, and I'm smiling a bit because among uh, that uh, group of people, or rather a very small group of people, because it consists of Piotr Lees, uh, Coventry University, uh, uh, United Kingdom, uh, you are the one. So you are the one of the member team uh, that constitute that excellent, uh, I would say, well, in my at least uh, impression, uh, team of people who were capable to uh, tackle a very complex issue well, thanks, connected Bob, with SETs Pro. So uh, this is the team. <laughs> you welcome. You welcome. Well, uh, um, this is this is. Uh, I think we've done something uh, quite innovative. So finally, answering your question, I'm I'm sorry if I'm a little bit too self-confident, but uh, this is not uh, my personal characteristic. Only I'm I have that self-confidence because of these people there behind me and the, the output of the research. I think that if we're talking about our contribution into understanding what's happening with uh, cities in Poland, I think we've done quite a nice job in terms of, first of all, a delineation task. Um, you know what I'm talking about, and probably if I already revealed that you were one of the uh, experts, we can discuss it together and describe it together. Maybe you can sometimes do it even better than me, being involved in and uh, contributing so much into that uh, project. But um, so far in Poland, the um, functional areas, functional areas of cities, which are very often, uh, I, I would say that all of the cities do have bigger functional areas than they administrative boundaries reach. And so, can you um, uh, define those functional areas? So, what are they? Yes, well, functional areas, that means, in fact, that um, this is very much connected with this city's parole issue. Well, the, the activity that people conduct like uh, they work, they run a business, right? They purchase uh, houses in the suburbia. So uh, that activities like producing, consuming, uh, well, and we can be a little bit more descriptive about it, um, as I said before, uh, they simply are spread around the city. Well, we all know that if we look at, for example, property market, yeah, the prices of dwellings, the prices of the whole whole property market of housing are incredibly uh, high. This is not only Polish thing, we know. That's why, you know, people in the United States, for example, they live in the parking areas, in the cars, in the suburbia of the cities. Uh, well, uh, these are the things that seriously are happening now. So um, the functional areas, they try to define uh, people's activity uh, in uh, proper and give us a proper understanding, therefore, 
what are the boundaries of the cities yeah because well we could probably discuss for hours how to define uh, the city boundaries right uh, but what we are very familiar with and probably that's our very intuitive understanding of the boundaries I guess is definitely something that um, is called administrative boundary right so this is something that the government the policymakers they have set uh, and what functions in on, on a map what functions for the policy making purposes and so on but the reality, so-called everyday life, if I may say it in, in that simple way, simply works in a bit different way. Sometimes, and this is exactly what is happening, those boundaries are not sufficient. They do not define uh, the um, functional, functional uh, city, uh, city map. So basically, uh, that is functional area well <clears throat> i guess that if you if you and if you look what have been done in the literature there are lots of interesting studies about delineation because this is not an easy job to define how far the city actually go beyond administrative uh, boundaries why is it not that easy job because first of all if we are talking about functions, I probably mentioned at the very beginning a couple of these. I said people must work somewhere, so they commute, they uh, send their children to uh, schools, to kindergartens, right? So they can do it as well in some uh, areas that are, well, somehow located in a distant way from the place that they live, yeah? We can, people run business, they, for example, can locate their business in the suburbia and so on. Okay, but if you look at, for example, these three criteria that I mentioned, they are different, right? So now the uh, immediate question is, which one of these is the most important one to define that functional area and why actually, yeah? So, uh, as I said, and plus, if we understand that the city changes, uh, technological progress, yeah, if we now, like today, Olga, we are located in two different uh, cities and we talk about some important, I guess, things, yeah, but technology allows us to forget about the distance, the geographical distance. So, um, if we think about, for example, uh, cities sprawl only in geographical, pure geographical, I would say, dimension, probably, it is not that relevant as it used to be before. So, maybe it is not only uh, the question, if we want to understand uh, how city functions, how functional area actually are, are working it's not enough probably to consider commuting so some geographical distance uh, which is given by our activities physical activities but maybe we should as well for example consider uh, internet range and other other things so um I talk about it quite long, but it's quite important because if you do not understand that functional boundaries, if you do not understand what are the current functions of the city and how they actually work in space and in time as well, 
then what can you actually tell about sitting itself and how because i know this is your key subject in in your um in your uh program uh, well how can you design a just policy to actually okay. somehow yes so um okay so what we what what was innovative i hope and uh, i i think it is really like that we tried together with you olga and piotr uh, we tried to delineate actually those functional areas not in purely intuitive way well we were using our intuition but well let's be honest we are not that much experience in terms of being uh, urban economists right uh, so uh, we were rather trying to look at other experts intuition in that field but what we tried to do was okay let's do it using data let's do it using statistical data right and i must say and i would like to really underline that that this is rather rare approach at least if you look at what can polish literature uh, offer in in that era right so um i remember that <laughs> we it was quite a challenge for us correct to, to come up with uh, quite a number of different methodological approaches oh yes i'm yeah i may mention some of these and uh, i i i remember very well how you come up with one of these and i would like maybe you to say a bit more about it but um we used uh, well uh, threshold regression um, as methodological approach, uh, we use the kind of discontinuity um, uh, approach as well. Um, and well, yes, it would be probably the best if you could uh, say a couple of things about those approaches. What what is so special about them? Now we change the roles. I'm interviewing you. Yeah, exactly. I think it goes both ways. Well, indeed, it was a challenge to define those boundaries using past data because that's what we were doing taking the data that we had historical data and trying to see whether there are any uh, relationships that can lead us to those uh, boundaries around the cities what are they actually um, in in the data and so yes indeed we use regression discontinuity design we used uh, threshold regression and also we use the combination of spatial modeling and the threshold uh, regression and um i think we've got pretty far with that because uh well at least for now i don't think uh, anyone else has done something similar it was quite innovative and i think uh, special thanks should go to Piotr please uh, here because uh, it was he who developed this model so um, basically you want to see if any of the socioeconomic variables that you mentioned like for example uh, commute time spent commuting to work um, by people whether it can help us define the boundary of the city like the threshold value that uh, that um, divides the city and then uh, non-city areas non-functional areas of the city we used also the um other some other uh, variables like uh, number of people who live in the city 
we used also the um, kind of like how many people per square kilometer uh, live in the city and also in, in the area close to the city. So we used many different variables, uh, put them all into our model, and then we've got some nice results. And basically, um, on average, we see that um, the area uh, around big cities, it's a bit different than the functional area around smaller cities. Um, and yeah, I think that was quite nice to work on that methodology and uh, develop those uh, results. But once we developed those, those results, we went a step further, right? So um, we then uh, modeled, tried to see whether the uh, boundaries um, used uh, in our first step, whether we can also use them to calculate the like gains and losses of these sub-urbanization sub processes or the processes of shrinking of the city depending on the city size. So can you maybe tell us more about those results now? Yes, I can, but uh, maybe for some people who are not that much familiar with all of these magic words that you use, like, you know, threshold uh, regression, discontinuity design and so on, I just want very briefly to say that that was a kind of puzzle to be solved to an extent, because we needed some kind of approach which would allow us to define some critical distance from the core city uh, in which we think that uh, that function, that functional dimension of the city is actually uh, present. I'm not sure if I'm trying, to, if, if I'm saying it in, in, in simple and available way, but uh, that was quite a job, right? Because uh, the whole thing is that if you, if you, try to imagine cities pro you can think about some water simply a water that uh, is coming from some kind of source original source and it's got its flow yeah so uh, if we look at the function of the cities in this way like for example i don't know setting up a business or commuting yeah we do realize that there is some kind of intensity of that process so um uh, we, our main finding was to define the geographical distance in which we, be, we believe that the, the tie, the bond between suburbia and the city, well, more or less has got the same intensity, right? And we already know because, uh, well, uh, well it's, it's always very hard to say in a very simple way some results that are always a bit more complex than just uh, one sentence, right? But I think I will not uh, over, uh, I will not exaggerate if I say that that 30 kilometers range, of course, uh, this is a big simplicity, yeah? but that 30 kilometers range is something that we discovered probably for quite a number of cities using different criteria some kind of distance from the city center that we can actually treat as that uh, critical area of the of that uh, that functional area uh, boundary right we uh, discovered that 30 kilometer uh, distance as critical, quite critical. Of course, this is a big simplicity to say in this way, 
that uh, that does not okay work for every possible city and every possible function but i'm trying to uh, okay um uh, sim simplify it and give a kind of average kind of average understanding of the geographical distance so um, this is a bit controversial because uh, we do have um, results of other authors. We do have results of uh, other delineation studies that have been done in Poland. Um, they are mostly basing on uh, author's intuition, but uh, intuition is nothing bad. If, if expert is uh, well experienced, uh, then intuition plus his or her knowledge is something that you may rely on and you should rely on but i would like to say that although we do not cover that in our book precisely per se we have something that may confirm that that 30 kilometer distance is something which is quite in fact appropriate why is it so because we have opened a new chapter of our research and uh, together with Piotr and uh, I hope Olga that you will join uh, shortly, we and Baptiste Bedessin, um, our French colleague um, from Carfoscari uh, University from uh, Italy, uh, well um, we have run a small quasi experiment in fact. We used the citizen science approach uh, citizen science approach is something that uh, could be interesting, uh, I, I hope, for those who are listening uh, to what we are talking about. Well, citizen science is simply inviting lay citizens to do research together with scientists. But um, it is really some kind of uh, partner, I would say, invitation. So citizens may, for example, collect data, may design, co-design research, um, they can be very crit critical towards some kind of progress of the research. Uh, this is a, not that new approach. It, it was born in the United States, and especially um, it was, I think that the, the beginning was when American people uh, supported scientists in predicting uh, natural disasters. They collected uh, uh, geospatial data to help to forecast that uh, natural disaster. Uh, in this way, they seriously participated and contributed uh, uh, into that predictions. So, but nowadays, I think it's quite uh, widespread that approach. Uh, European Commission is promoting it uh, very much uh, to um, uh, to make lay citizens involved in research. So we tried to use that approach. We invited people, citizens uh, of residents, of, of inhabitants of Łódź and uh, Kraków, and we simply explicitly asked them the question, okay? How you define functional um, uh, boundaries of the city? How do you define functional area uh, around Łódź, around Kraków? Of course, it was a bit more complex. We used 30 uh, for that reason. I'm not going now to discuss all these details. Our paper would be published uh, soon in, in uh, journal, journal of, of Contemporary European Research, so everybody can read it. But uh, what I would like to emphasize is that, in fact, according to this people opinion, 
their actually um, understanding of those functional uh, areas, uh, those functional boundaries, boundaries of the functional areas, was very much in line what we have Olga done together with you in terms of pure statistical or econometric uh, research. They as well define uh, the distances in very similar way, in fact. So um, why I'm emphasizing this? Because I, I think that this is the, the best confirmation that we can get. Uh, that in fact people, the real people who really exist in, in reality, uh, they confirm um, that ties with the core city in a way we've done it uh, using our econometrics. So, um, so this is um, this is that belongs so much as a kind of postscriptum, I would say, yeah, of 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 our research. We hope to develop that uh, approach because, in fact, I believe that how people perceive the functional uh, areas, how they perceive the boundaries, is ex extremely important. Exactly. So, uh, it is extremely important. And um, yeah, and coming back to, to the book and to the whole yeah. project. So what are the main policy recommendations that stem from this research, this complex uh, uh, collection of different uh, questions, research questions and answers to them that you have collected in that book? What are the main uh, policy recommendations for those who actually work with urbanization processes on a daily basis? First of all, well, uh, it seems like the process of city sprawl and city shrinking, and uh, I will come back in, in a second to that latter uh, thing, uh, they are actually being, they are progressing over time. So they become more intensive and more visible and therefore they really require um, some kind of uh, well intervention right well um, and that becomes serious i think there is a huge change if you compare what happened in uh, the beginning of the 90s in poland when all of us we were so much happy and enthusiastic about unlimited freedom well freedom uh, is probably unlimited uh, as an abstract, um, but um, well, that was fantastic, of course, yeah, and in many dimensions. But that kind of, you know, liberty, that kind of freedom, I'm um, I'm afraid that uh, it did not actually pay off in terms of um, uh, kind of urban order, kind of urban dis discipline, and therefore. It, it is simply inefficient in, in many, many aspects, but I'm not discovering America, so to say. This is, this, is, this is not something which is unknown to the urban planners because these are very well known, actually, uh, postulates uh, to, um, well, change the whole uh, planning system in Poland uh, to implement new law that would be much more disciplined. Uh, so that's nothing new, yeah? What I would like maybe to stress out, which is as well not that new, but uh, well worth mentioning, is that Polish cities, they suffer from uh, the um, process of simultaneously happening uh, city sprout, suburbanization, and city shrinking. The core city, the central city, uh, 
is very often suffering from uh, urban depopulation. Well, especially, especially you may observe that for post-industrial cities. I mean like Baubrzyk, like Łódź, you know. Uh, those cities, they at the same time, they actually are experiencing a city uh, shrinking and city sprout. Well, um, this is, that does not look nice, yeah, because then the very immediate next question is, right, whether that type of, I would say, um, urban growth uh, may um, survive, right? Maybe some kind of a positive change over time. Maybe something which uh, will have a happy ending in terms of um, a kind of place in which uh, there are some, you know, activities. Yeah, that uh, whether this is a sustainable growth. Yeah. So well. I think that we can have serious concerns about it, yeah, and therefore it should be definitely analyzed, I guess, and that city should be targeted probably as uh, those that require uh, some special treatment, maybe some special policy recommendations. And I'm talking now about that central level, right? Because we do have very active local governments and they are probably doing a quite amazing job. But at the same time, when we're talking about cities pro, some local governments that are very much interested in attracting investment, they're doing very bad job because, well, they um, create lots of favorable, I would say, elements of the environment yeah, in the suburbia to attract investors uh, to, okay, uh, in this way, they make, of course, they gminas, yeah, wealthy, uh, gmina, the administrative unit uh, of Poland, but at the same time, well, they cause, they're very much responsible for uh, cities processes, yeah. Uh, but that we we come back then again to that uh, initial thing that I mentioned at the very beginning uh, about um, well central planning some kind of uh, necessity to implement to introduce a new law on 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 planning right so that's nothing I would say extraordinary that uh, well uh, we we have not been familiar with yeah. So there are still some challenges left for the policy makers to resolve. Well, hopefully the next uh, research, uh, the upcoming research uh, will also help policymakers with resolving those issues. And um, hopefully we will continue this topic throughout next episodes. We'll bring, uh, we will bring this issue uh, further on um, in our podcast series. For now, thank you very much, Bogna, for having thank you, this Olga. conversation with me. It was very insightful. So, thank you. Thank you for having me.